Hello and welcome to yet another podcast episode. I hope you're having a great week and um, yeah, almost the end of August. I hope that you are ready for the season's change depending on where you listen from. Um, you know, you might be going from winter into spring um, and on the other end you might be going from summer into autumn or fall. So I hope that the season's change is treating you well. Um, yeah, so always there is so much happening in the digital world. We know that um, X or Twitter is continuing to be in the conversation threads, you know, interesting things happening there. After this initial um, astronomical rise, it's sort of seeing um, a, a really disturbing decline in, in use and um, engagement. So still seeing what that will mean for threads. Um, and you know that, um, I don't know if you know this actually, that TikTok has now also introduced text-based posts. So all these things are really interesting as uh, responses to Twitter or X's decline. You know, there's also this cage fight that's supposed to happen between Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. I don't know if that's really real or not. But yeah, I don't try to follow it too closely. Um, but yeah, there's all kinds of things happening in the digital world. Um, now, for this week's episode, I really wanted to explore a game that I'm sure many of you would have played at some point during the pandemic. Do you remember Wordle? I remember, you know, pandemic days. Twitter days on pan, uh, Twitter on in, during the pandemic, um, and how almost daily there were people that I knew that would post their Wordle results, and you know they would tell. Obviously, Wordle gives you this chance to see how many chances it took you, or how many tries it took you to get the word, etc. And you know your winning streak, etc. And so the reason why I started thinking about Wordle is that there's someone on, on my Twitter timeline who is still very consistent with playing and his results came up over the weekend. And I thought to myself, wow, people still play Wordle, but, you know, not in the ways that people played it during the pandemic. And so it's got me asking myself, what happened to Wordle? Well, um, I mean, it's still there. I actually went yesterday and I tried out, tried it out again. And hey, it's you know, it's the same game that I that I played as well during the pandemic. So it still exists, but its engagement has significantly de declined over over time. I think, especially last year, there was recordings of massive declines. I think over fifty percent um, decline in use, and so. I think the way to kind of get to what happened is to go back in time to, to figure out what made Wordle so popular to begin with. Now, I learned of Wordle, I guess, I'm not sure anymore if it was 2020 or 2021 when it launched, but you know, I was sort of an early adopter. I'm a bit of a nerd, so I like things that are, you know, use the brain and like get you thinking about um things like that. And so, hey, here's this game. Um, I'd been playing another game actually before then. I can't remember what game that was exactly, but it was another word game and you could play it with people across the world. And I was playing that quite a lot. And then Wordle came along and, you know, it was a very interesting game. Um, and, and I quickly got the hang of it and started playing. 
Uh, and so I remember teaching an older man um, in his 70s who was living alone during the pandemic. Uh, and, you know, he just wanted to learn. He just was like, well, I've heard of this, this game called Wordle. How does it work? And he was a little bit intimidated by it. But then I was like, oh, it's not a very complex game. He had a smartphone and I showed him how it worked. And very quickly, he started having this WhatsApp group with his son, uh, his sister, and I think his son's partner. And they used to play Wordle every day and try to figure out how many tries it took uh, each person to get the right the word right. And, you know, if someone was really struggling to just offer a clue or some sort of guide about, you know, maybe think about doing this with, with this word or this letter and, and that sort of thing. So I think that is the premise that Wordle worked so well on, as with many other platforms that emerged during the pandemic. Some of them did not emerge at the time. They did not come about at the time, but then they gained their popularity because of the pandemic, because of the fact that we could not be um, together physically in the ways that we normally are. And so people were finding these different platforms or spaces or ways of engaging with each other just to keep up the social connections. And so I think that that's why Wordle was so popular with so many people um, at the time. I think the other thing was, you know, the story behind it. Um, you know, different reports have always spoken of the, the founder of Wordle, Josh Wardle, um, uh, and how he started this game for his partner. And so, you know, it was this thing that I think she liked word games and he wanted to give her something that could keep her entertained. And so, you know, everyone likes a good story. You know, we like a human connection to something that is, you know, could potentially be very removed from our realities. Um, and I think also um, the fact that it just was a standalone platform. It wasn't asking you to pay for anything. It wasn't asking you to do anything else except play this word game. Uh, and I think the founder or you know, the creator, Wardle, had said that, you know, I'm not, I don't have any interest in using your data for anything, you know, this is a game. And so I think people felt very safe in this time where tech tends to be about advertising or selling or trying to get profit or making money out of people or using people's data uh, as a way to to sell things to them. And so I think that was another thing that made this platform very easygoing for a lot of people. It, it really was what you see is what you get. Um, and yeah, so I think those were really important things for people, really important factors that made people feel like they were comfortable to try it out. And we saw that this continued to grow. I think the interest in Wordle continued to grow we saw that um, by the first two weeks of January 2021, there were approximately 1.2 million Wordle results just on Twitter, shared on Twitter. So people had started to have this connection where they would play the game and then share their results on Twitter. So that was a very big thing in 2021. Um, people would again in the same ways that they were doing in the WhatsApp groups that I for instance, with the, the older man that I told you about, uh, people were finding community on more public social media spaces and saying, hey, you know, I got this word 
in three goes. And, you know, someone would be like, oh, how did you do that? I, it took me six and all of that. And I saw it as well on Facebook with people who'd share their results there too. Um, and, you know, by 2022, it said that Wordle was the most Googled word of the year. So obviously a lot of engagement, a lot of uptake, a lot of interest, and a lot of social connection through this word game, this very simple word game. But then what happens next? You know, why do we not hear about Wordle anymore in the ways that we used to hear about it then? And, you know, I think there's different platforms that emerged during the pandemic that we can also look back on and say, what happened? You know, Clubhouse is one of those. And I've done a podcast episode about it. Uh, but then, you know, we have TikTok, which is, I guess, a little bit of the outlier in that TikTok has continued to grow. It's almost like the pandemic sparked its its leap into the great beyond of uh, social media um, greatness. But then you have these other platforms that had their moment and then they fizzled out or they just didn't keep going after the pandemic. Now, I think there's something to be said about that, about the fact that this was a very simple word game, right? It's a, it's a game you play once a day for a few minutes or, you know, some people may take longer because, you know, it may take you a bit longer to guess what the word is or to strategize around it. But it's, in essence, something you can only play every 24 hours. You don't get a chance to do more than one word at a time. And you have your little social moment with, you know, your family or your friends or on your social media profiles. And then it's, you know, whatever next comes along. Now, that worked, I think, very well during the pandemic when people were trying to stick to routines or create new routines. So, you know, hey, we weren't going out of our houses. We weren't able to sit at office desks, say hello to each other in the office, talk about the weather or whatever people do, you know, different people do different things. So here's something that starts to supplement that sociality Here's something that, you know, every morning I wake up, I do my Wordle, and then I share it in my WhatsApp group with my friends or with my workmates, or I put it on my Twitter, and then, you know, there's a little bit of engagement with it, and then I do the next thing in the day. So I think that it played a really important role in keeping people to a kind of set routine or structure. And so once a pandemic ends and people are back into the great wor greater world, the physical world, I guess it's a little bit difficult to keep with pandemic routines because pandemic routines were informed by a pandemic. So when a pandemic is no longer existent, those routines shift. We go back to what we normally do without uh, you know, lockdowns and, and sitting at our homes, twiddling our thumbs. So I think that's one big thing that, that has led to this decline in, in the popularity of Wordle. But I think the other thing has to do with the purchase of Wordle by the New York Times. Now, you know, I think once anything that starts very organically, that starts from a place where we feel like we're connecting to somebody's vision or dream, and, you know, a big company comes in and says, hey, we'll buy you out, there's always the alarm from the user that, one, 
um, there's going to be a paywall. I'm going to be expected to now pay something to have access to this game. Uh, or my data is going to be compromised in a certain way because my data is now in the hands of a big company. It is not this, you know, this person who has promised that he has no interest in using my data in any specific way. So I think those were two things that got people quite concerned. And, you know, there was immediately, I saw at least on my Twitter, um, following the people I follow, a kind of withdrawal from this very regular practice of sharing results. It was very, very apparent very quickly that people, some people just said, nope, this looks like it's going the direction of all big social media platforms. I do not want to engage with this. I am going to uh, refrain from participating in this game from here on. And uh, I mean, the New York Times has never actually put a paywall on the game. Um, but then I think there have been things that some people have felt a little bit disgruntled about. I think there's a, a bot. I'm not so sure, but I read about this, that there is an assistant or a bot or something like that that tells you your scores um, every day and tells you, tries to tell you how you can improve, etc., etc. And some people feel like that is condescending towards them because they aren't looking for help. They're not looking to be told what to do. They just want to play a game and move on. Uh, and so I think, you know, there's all these things that play a role in why something becomes popular digitally. And then they also play a role in, I mean, something then happens and then that impacts people's desire to, to play or participate in something that was once really great for them. Um, and it's a shame that that's what's happened with Wordle. Um, I think I mean, it still exists. It's, it's not like it's gone away. But I think that um, there was this collective social sociality that people practiced during the pandemic uh, that we have shifted away from back to, you know, the norms that we know and the ways that we do things. Um, and, and, you know, that's what digital cultures do. They shift very significantly. Um, they're informed by, you know, technologies. They're informed by uh, events or things happening in the greater environment, but essentially they are all informed by human relations. And I think at the core of why Wordle was so popular was because of the human wiring for connection. People were looking for outlets or ways to connect with other people. Uh, and so it, it really stood in that gap for a lot of people in a simple way. You know, it, it's not overly engaging it's not overly it's not overwhelming uh it's it's really just a simple game you could spend five minutes a day playing and then sharing your results and having a conversation for a few good minutes and then moving on with your day so i think the low maintenance nature of it was also really important um but yeah i think i think it's a really interesting example of how we need to always think about the social aspects of technology. I mean, I talk about this a lot on, on this, this podcast because I think it's something that's so much overlooked. We tend to look at people's involvement or engagement with the digital world as though people don't bring themselves online. You know, you're, you're like a, 
just a, a set of fingers typing away at your keyboard or on your phone. But no, you are actually who you are or some parts of who you are. You bring those to your digital reality, into your digital experience, and they inform why and how you use technology. And so I think, you know, when we think about all of us at that time, very uncertain, very, you know, the COVID pandemic days were very scary because you did not know what was happening. I did not know what was happening. You did not know what would happen to your loved ones. You did not know when you would be again able to go out into the world. You didn't even know what your finances would look like, you know, for for many people, you know, for the next few months, years. And so when people are unsettled by events and experiences, they find ways to cope or they find things that bring them joy or find things that at least offer some level of normalcy or routine. And I think that's that's what was happening for a lot of people in playing this very simple game. Um, yeah, so I think that's really all I have to say about this. I think the other thing I just wanted to add about Wordle was I really... I'd love to know what your strategy was if you've ever played Wordle. Um, firstly, okay, I'd like to know your thoughts. Why do you think Wordle went into decline? What is your understanding or your experience of what was going on at the time? What made you play it if you played it? What made you stop playing it? What made your friends stop playing it or whoever else you knew who played it? Um, and then secondly, what was your strategy? Because I think everyone always had their own strategy of how to play it. And one of the, the key things about Wordle was choosing your word, you know, your starting word. Um, so I used two different words, modal, M-O-D-A-L, and orate, O-R-A-T-E. Now, orate was just because it has so many vowels. And, I mean, A, E, and O are the most common vowels, I think. I think um, I and U are less. I mean, I is not as unpopular or as uncommon, but I think U is a bit of the outlier. So I was trying to find a word that had um, popular vowels in it, and it worked really well for me. That was a good word for me. And then I'd started with modal, again, vowels and consonant sounds, M, L, D, common enough. So, you know, everyone had their little strategy. I'd like to know what your strategy was if you played. Um, and I'd like to also know how you played the game. Did you play it on your own? Did you play it with other people? Um, and yeah, like if you still play it, who do you play it with and why? If you stop playing it, why? Just let me know, you know, let's have a conversation. All right. That's it for today. Um, as always, please do get in touch if you have any thoughts, comments, feedback, uh, anything you'd like to share. You can find uh, the podcast on Twitter at Native Podcast. That is the Twitter handle. Then you can also find it on LinkedIn, the Digitally Native Podcast with Fungai Machirori. And you can also find it at that same name on Facebook. Or else you can send a good old-fashioned email the email address is info at digitallynativepodcast.com. Also, 
the our newsletter which we send every last week of the month is almost ready so if you would like to be included in the mailing list or to receive the latest uh, newsletter please do subscribe. You can subscribe by going to the podcast website, which is www.digitallynativepodcast.com. On the homepage, you will see a subscribe button and you should tap that subscribe button and add your details and then you'll be added to our database and you will get our newsletter next week. All right, it has been great talking to you. Um, I hope that this is useful in some kind of way. And if you know any research or anything that might be interesting to follow up about this this phenomenon of Wordle, please send it along as well. Anything you come across or anything you think about is welcome. All right. I wish you a great rest of your week and I'll see you soon. And as always, please, please do take care of yourself and be a little bit kinder to yourself. All right. Take care. Bye.